Welcome to the 3G Podcast, a series on girls who are chasing their goals and reaching new heights in their respective worlds. I'm co-host and two-time USA Olympian, Nicole Ossinger. I'm your other co-host and owner and designer of Cam Swim, Cameron Norfleet. And we're we're girls going for gold. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 3G Podcast. Today, we are speaking with Nikki Barnes. Nikki is an Olympic sailor who competed in the 2020 Olympic Games. So on that note, welcome, Nikki. We are so happy to have you. And why don't you just start us off by telling us a little bit more about yourself? Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. Your podcast is awesome. So it's an honor to be here with uh, two legends. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> um, it's uh, I uh, grew up in the Virgin Islands. Um, I sailed for the past 22 years, and that's my Olympic sport. Um, I actually danced ballet for 16 years, but wow. thank goodness I don't do that anymore. Um, I uh, I live currently in Miami, and I'm a high school sailing coach right now. Yeah, that is so cool. My friends actually just moved to Miami, and so we are like trying to go visit them. When I come, I'll need to like contact you, and we can try to meet up. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, just let me know when, and would love to see you. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So obviously being from the Virgin Islands, you are surrounded by water. So water sports are going to like take over, but what drew you to like sailing specifically? Like, did your parents get you into it? Like, how did that come about? So my parents have never sailed before. Um, but I do have an older brother. He got into sailing before me, but you're right. What else do you do on an Island in the Caribbean surrounded by beautiful water and go sailing? Um, so I, I followed to kind of, uh, I kind of followed his footsteps into the sport of sailing. Um, and actually I ended up being the only girl, um, in my age group sailing growing up. So at the time it was, uh, very much a a boy dominated sport. Mm -hmm. And I was actually, my parents were told, um, when I started competing that I would never amount to anything. Uh, I don't know if it was because I was a girl, um, or I was a younger sibling in our family, but yeah, that was a uh, pretty tough. My parents told me only a couple of years ago. So well, that's good. They like shielded yeah. you from that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it was awesome though. Uh, regardless, like, uh, you know, I, I was sailing against all these boys, um, in a beautiful place. And sometimes we'd have disagreements because I'd beat them in the running races, we ran for uh for just cross training for sailing uh when we were 13 11 and uh, sometimes they'd get mad so we'd fight a little so i'd get into some fist fights and we'd call each other names but it uh all of those guys are really great today so it was uh interesting growing up sailing <laughs> it sounds like it is sailing okay so correct me if i'm wrong but like so for my sport I compete only against women. So with sailing, do you compete against men as well? Or is it you only compete against women? So the boat that I was sailing in for Tokyo, it was split um, to a female boat and a male boat. Um, But now for the Paris Games, uh, sailing wants to be one of the first uh, gender equal sports at Paris in 2024. So uh, my boat changed its equipment. So now it's required to have one female and one male in the boat. Um, and and that's uh, they changed some other equipment pieces as well. Um, but that was a big one. 
Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Like that's going to yeah. like history, like on top of history, <laughs> like just make it into the Olympics. But that, that's really awesome. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, uh, the big thing right now is I'm looking for somebody over six foot tall. They can be a, a rower, a diver, somebody connected to sailing or swimming. Um, but if you know any tall males, uh, you send them my way in Miami because, <laughs> uh, as soon as I pop this baby out, I'm getting back to training. Yeah. You're recruiting, right? <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Maternity to leave and you're going to have like a little training camp. You're going to have all these guys coming over and seeing who, who works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's but awesome. I actually have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. What do you think sailing is the sport of sailing? Okay. I want to go first. Okay. You go first. <laughs> okay. So in my head, when I saw like Olympic sailing, obviously you're like really cool. And like, you can see all the pictures, but I have, we have a friend that he's grew up sailing in new Orleans and he does like all of these like team sailing trips. And he's done one, like from the tip of Florida to like Mexico, like, I don't know, some all kinds of crazy stuff. And so his boats are like a lot bigger and there's like multiple people, but then I see your boats and they're a lot smaller. So I'm thinking like, you just do like the fun, like fast paced races. Like, is that right? Yeah, their uh, races are about an hour, 15 minutes, um, and there's four races in a day. So you're still on the water for maybe six plus hours, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, they're definitely not overnight. Yeah, his were overnight, kind of. and that's where I was yeah. like, wait, her little boat, I was like, I don't think you can sleep in that. No, I don't know. We went from Miami to Key Largo once, but that was, that was our longest journey. Okay. Um, How long was that? I think it's 40 miles. It's uh, okay. you, you do it in a day. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing as Cameron. Okay. <laughs> awesome. People no. people always say, uh, they're like, oh, are you a rower? Right after I explain what sailing is, or they'll say, hey, good luck diving or just something. Yeah, nothing, not related to sailing at all. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, what are the two like, I'm sorry, Nicole, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. Good. But like, what are the two like roles in the boat? Cause like one person leans back a lot and the other person looks like they're like, uh, what is that called? Steering it. Like, so Steering. do y'all switch or do y'all like, that's your two posts and like, that's what you say the whole race. They're your, those are the two positions. So, okay. um, some, there's some boats that have only one person in the boat. So they're doing and they have one sail, so they only do steering and trimming that one sail. Um, but for our boat, we had three sails. So I was steering and controlling the big sail. And then my crew, she was um, doing body kinetics. So it looks like you're humping the air. It looks very ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, it's actually, there's a lot of uh, physics that goes in, that's involved in sailing. And the sail I'm getting too nerdy right now but <laughs> no the sail is like, it pulls the wind and the more you pull the wind the faster you go so she was in control of the speed and I was in control of where we were going okay. I um I actually did a, a YouTube video today explaining Olympic sailing okay. um so after you guys can check it out it's only three minutes um <laughs> but it's I I think I have to do another one after this because I don't think I explained it well enough. <laughs> Crash course in sailing. Me and Nicole are going to go in the water and try to do it. There we go. Yeah. You never know. I'll, hey, if you guys are in Miami, I'm taking you sailing. 
Okay. okay. After That's February. <laughs> yeah. <That's the> plan. <laughs> okay. This may this may be a stupid question, but like I'm trying to think about all of like what you just said with the steering and the wind and everything. If there's if there's no wind, how like what do you do? Yeah, like how do you make it go? Okay, so the boat I sail, we can we're the most versatile. It's also been in the Olympics the I think the longest amount of time, maybe 42 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so our boat can sail from three knots of wind, um, which is equivalent to somebody maybe blowing on your face to 35 knots of wind which is just before it becomes a tropical storm level of wind so your uh hair is definitely messed up the flagpole the flag is standing all the way straight up i don't know if this helps no um, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah yeah it's painted yeah. a picture in my head for sure yeah so if there's no wind um so, like for the olympics they'll start you anyways because they have a tv broadcast and they have to right. get it done um and you you just have to keep the boat steady until there's a time where you start a maneuver and you have to keep both of your bodies in to do the exact same thing in the boat so that you're creating kinetic energy to make the boat go faster but if your bodies are off slightly then it it just um it slows you down it creates drag Mm -hmm. uh and at the same time you're still trying to see the wind on the water it's invisible um and you're also playing like a chess game with the other with multiple players um across the race course so have you ever crashed in anybody uh yeah we crashed in our first world championship together um with my old partner um was in Aarhus Denmark and it was about three knots of wind so we had no excuse we were just I don't know being dumb and we hit these um these Korean men sailors, they couldn't speak English and they were pissed. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just terrible. It was, you know, we're nervous. We're getting into the fleet for the first time. We both had been sailing for 19 years at that point. So it was, you know, we should know better. Um, but those things happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't terrible. We had, we fixed it and it was fine. Yeah. So do you get one shot or is it, you said that you have like four races it's end up ends up being like six hours on the water is it combined or is it the best one of those if that makes sense yeah Yeah. so we have uh regattas are so regatta is like um it's a sailboat race it's like a, a organized race for sailing um where we have every day a certain amount of races maybe we'll have 11 races over five days um and from there you have a medal race on the sixth day so you'll have two to three races a day depending on the sailing conditions uh if you finish in first you get one point if you finish in 18th you get 18 points so it's a low point scoring system um and then but for the middle race, it's totally different. It's a smaller course, a different course. So you're racing around the buoys. Um, and the middle race, I think, takes 20 minutes, only 10 boats, and the points are double. Um, so metal races are crazy. They're really cool. That sounds intense. <laughs> yeah. You get put into like pit lanes 
based on your position going into the race. Um, you know, you get, you have a bib ceremony. So people in first, they have a, a gold penny, um, et cetera. And just, uh, interviews before it's really cool. Yeah. So the yeah. less points, the better then, correct? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. We have, um, a five minute starting sequence. You start between two boats with, uh, orange flags. Again, the line is imaginary. We like a lot of imaginary things in sailing. Um, and uh, you have to make it over the line. So if you're over the line early, then you're disqualified. Um, if you're four minutes behind the time limit, then you're disqualified. Um, and then you race around uh, the marks and you have to try and beat your the people you're sailing against while also trying to find how to sail with the wind the best way so that you're not sailing the most distance um, because the angles change and you change with it. Okay. I'm sorry. That's so nerdy. Uh, no, that's like, so like my mind is like racing. I'm like, Oh my God, I would be. Yeah, no, yeah. like I literally, I have my hands up and I'm like, okay. Like as you're talking, you're like, if one's back and I'm moving my hands to try to like, imagine what you're saying. Yeah. Cause, it, Cause like, I, I get it but it is so in depth that there's a lot that goes into it that not many people realize when you say yeah. like, yeah, I do sailing. Yeah. It's uh, I think our sport has been so misunderstood. It's, you know, you're either uh, on a boat day drinking and people think that's sailing or mm -hmm. you're like captain Jack Sparrow or you're, it's been widely known as like a rich white person's sport or a hobby actually, um, for people at yacht clubs. Yeah. Um, and that's something huge. That's terrible about our sport is, you know, the public can't, it's not easily, easily accessible by the public. Mm -hmm. Um, it's an expensive sport. It's not a rich sport, meaning not everybody can get into it. And, um, so we're trying to make that change. And by having, you know, instead of just having males dominate the sport, we're having females in yeah. the sport. Yeah. But for, um, for minorities, you know, I grew up in the Virgin Islands with 80% Black people. And I don't think I ever saw a Black sailor except for Don from a different island. Maybe until the age of 15, I saw my first Black sailor. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's conversations like this that can help like bring awareness and like get more people talking about it, get females to know about it. I mean, girls going for gold, we're trying to like promote like women in their, you know, own little areas and like trying to make a name for it, but also like bringing in those like minority groups to where everyone can like have access to like all of this knowledge and the sport itself, which so it's really great that like you're bringing awareness to that. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for uh, creating the platform for that. Um, yeah, like in sailing, you know how we just talked about gender equality for the Paris 2024 mm -hmm. games. There, there's still a minority of women in pro sailing. Yeah. And if you are pro sailing, uh, meaning you're getting paid to sail, you're most likely picked to just be extra weight on the boat. Uh, you're not doing a significant job, even though, you know, I have 22 years of experience. I'm humble. I'm not going to just go on the boat and say that. But how do you, you know, how do you break through that barrier mm -hmm. and say, hey, I need to be paid the same amount as the guy around me? 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, if y'all are both yeah. going to the Olympics and y'all are on the same team, yeah. why wouldn't y'all, you know, kind of thing. So that is, yeah. that's a really important, you know, topic to bring up and make sure that it's not being, you know, quieted and, you know, silenced. So yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also amazing that like you are about to be a mom and you're about to like, so you're about to start your training after all of that, which is just like another layer of just like women, you know, and going for gold, even being a mom and all that struggle. So how has that been like not being able to train and like then getting ready afterwards? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I, um, I had a pretty tough year after Tokyo, you know, being at the games, it was kind of like you have a, a fire hose in your face the whole time and then you leave and it's gone and you're in a desert. And uh, so I struggled a lot mentally this year. I tried to um, get back into competition in uh, March. I actually, I flew to Spain, had my boat there, everything. And the day before the regatta, I just, you know, something in my gut told me I wasn't ready. And uh, so I left. That was my first regatta I've ever not sailed at that I just left. And, um, you know, I came home and had a talk with my husband. Um, I said, hey, why don't we have a baby? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I've been ready, but now you're saying this and I don't know, uh, you know, you have a lot of changes going on right now. Are you sure you want a baby? And, uh, you know, it just took him a couple of days and finally we, we decided we're ready. And, um, my, after the moment I became pregnant, my goals have never been more solid in my life. Um, I am, I was pretty lost this year with sailing and still in the coast guard and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And now I, you know, I have two goals keep this human alive. Um, and then to also make sure I, I make them proud. Um, so I, I think before I, you know, as athletes, we've become so tunneled into thinking, okay, I'm just an athlete, but I was more than that. Um, you know, I'm Nikki, the tree climber. So if you're in Miami, we'll climb my mango tree. Um, I, you know, I'm, uh, I walk around barefoot. I'm like, I have so many different personalities other than me just being an athlete. And ever since I became pregnant, I became a mom, an athlete, Nikki, all these other titles that I thought I couldn't be at the same time. Um, so I'm super excited uh, to have this baby. And I'm, I'm also still training. Uh, I'm training in the gym, but I'm not on the water right now. That was a really long answer. I'm so sorry. No, that was an awesome answer. I actually got chills in the middle of it. <laughs> You know, I actually watched that, um, story that you made, which I, I loved it. Um, I, it was a reel and it was how you have abs and then now you're pregnant and then you're like, I'm, I'll get my abs back. And I just thought that that was like, kind of cool that you were like, my body is changing and it's for the better. And I'm like, everything's changing, but I can move back and be a better athlete afterwards you just got to take the time to like yeah you know I thought that was awesome thank you it's uh I'm definitely feeling really fat today so um I have to look back at that one I've <laughs> never had a belly um my mom's a nutritionist and and my dad's maybe a little bit bigger so my mom would always or my dad would always say hey you're gonna have my belly when you grow up 
And so I always wanted to work. So I didn't have that, uh, that big belly. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm proud of my belly right now. So yeah. yeah. And you're still like doing, like you said, you're still doing like weight training and everything. Yep. So I, um, I, uh, I could work out like I was PRing until 17 weeks, um, with my weight training. And then, so there's a point. So now the belly's popping and, um, I could kind of feel like my abs separating a little bit. Um, and when I was doing like lifting certain things, my, your stomach kind of cones a little. And so that was an indicator I was working with, um, trainers as well. And we're, kind of monitoring it. Um, and that's the point where we decided, okay, I have to start lowering my weight. So I'm at a lower weight now, um, in the gym, but I'm, so I'm doing that. And then I'm also, I'm, uh, weight training three days a week. And then I'm swimming, uh, three days a week as well for cardio. Awesome. How do you, how do you, okay. So this is a weird question, but is there a way to mimic sailing off the boat like how would you train if you weren't on the water is there a way or is like you just by doing by doing weight training is that your way of training if that makes sense yeah kind of um I'm just I think right now I'm more just keeping the body in a warm state so I'm definitely not getting up to that hot level for competition anyways for sailing the best way to get so being a sailor you have to have the strength of a weightlifter because you're sailing in you know heavy wind conditions where you're controlling this piece of equipment um while you're sailing and then on the other side is you're sailing six hour days for five days in a row and um do you guys have whoop at all oh i've heard of it yeah. my husband used to have it yeah Okay, so for for heavy wind days when it's really windy, my whoop is always at twenty. Um, so it's it's very strenuous, and a regular day yeah. is maybe seventeen. So it's strenuous. Yeah. Um, but then so you're you have to have the endurance of a triathlete with that as well. Um, so the best way to get both of those combined is just to sail. However, for the you know, for racing situations, I'm, um, I'm reading actually some playbooks right now to just make sure I'm like refreshing on what I learned as a kid. Um, and we also have racing rules I'm going over. I'm looking at videos, but to actually simulate it, I think I'd, I'd have to be on the water. So, yeah. Yeah. So whenever you're looking for your, uh, your new partner, you're going to stay as like the steerer and the other person is going to be the one who like does all the crazy pulling. Yep. Yeah. So I'll be the helm. And then, um, I'm looking for a tall crew, uh, because they hang on a wire over mm-hmm. the boat and the further out they are, the more leverage, uh, we gotcha. have for the boat. This is like so interesting. So give us some background on like the coast guard and what brought you to that. Cause now you said you're coaching. Is that like your full-time job is like coaching for, or not full-time, but like, you know, your job as, um, for the high school, like sailing team, but you do Coast Guard as well. Like what is, what's all that background? Yep. So I, um, I joined the Coast Guard. I went to the Coast Guard Academy, um, in 2012. So I actually went to prep school in Alabama for a year and then to the Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut. 
it's the same as West Point, same as Annapolis. It's um, it's a four-year military college where you graduate as a commissioned officer. So I graduated uh, as a commissioned officer in the Coast Guard after studying management. Um, I sailed in college as well. So you still can do the, the whole circuit. Mm -hmm. um, I was a college sailor of the year. Um, we won nationals for, I was one of the only female helmsmen for, um, for the co-ed fleet. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then, so I graduated from there and, um, actually before graduation based on your class rank. So it'll be your military standing, physical fitness, and your academic standing. Um, they'll place you at a certain place on your dream sheet after you're ranked. Um, so one day leading up to our, uh, it's, I don't know what it's called. I forget what it's called right now, but it's uh, where they give you your billet, your billet yeah. night. Um, they, I was pulled into the Commonwealth Cadets conference room and I said, uh, or she said, hey, we have a billet in Miami. Um, you have the opportunity to go down there, prove that you're a good officer for a year and maybe you can do an Olympic campaign. I said, all right, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I went down to Miami. I did oil pollution response for a year, um, wrote a memo with a lot of other people helping me. It went all the way up to the commandant of the Coast Guard. So the highest ranking. And uh, and they finally said, yep, if you keep up with your uh, training in the Coast Guard, then we'll let you train full time for the Olympics. Um so I was, I was traveling for sailing and competing, but then I'd come back to Miami and do a week of uh, training on a small boat for search and rescue mm -hmm. and doing things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, they were super supportive the whole time, uh, even when COVID hit and we weren't sure if the Olympics were going to be postponed for a year or if it was going to be canceled. Um, I had to put in the paperwork again and they didn't blink an eye. They accepted it and let me train an additional year. Um, so when you graduate from the Coast Guard Academy, you have to give five years back right. of service. Mm -hmm. um, and this last year after Tokyo, this was my final year. Uh, so I was doing, um, again, I got another billet in Miami um, and I did search and rescue here. Um, so when you're not on a Coast Guard boat, you're the kind of search and rescue I was doing was I was a planner, meaning I was in this concrete box. You can't take any like heart rate monitors, any devices, phones, whatever. You're in there for 12 hours and you you're just it's kind of like a 911 uh, dispatch center. You're mm -hmm. creating search plans, you're dispatching assets to different areas and uh, so it's pretty cool, but yeah. you're definitely in a, you go a little crazy after being in a <laughs> building for 12 hours. But I, you know, I had a tough year after Tokyo and um, I was in the coast, staying in the Coast Guard for everybody else, but myself at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely killed my career in the Coast Guard by choosing to go the Olympic route. And while I'm super proud to be the first um, active duty Coast Guards woman to go, Coast Guardsmen in general to go to the Olympics, I wasn't serving the Coast Guard well by being in there. I wasn't really happy. I wasn't 
uh, I felt like I was another body. So uh, I know I'm, my time in the Coast Guard's not done yet. Um, well, it is done for my active duty side. So I, I stopped my career in August. Um, but I think I'll go back as a civilian later on mm-hmm. uh, after my Olympic career and maybe create some policy so that other people, other athletes in the Coast Guard that want to make a difference and go to the games while also having a career can do that without killing their career path. So we'll see that's in the the near future. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome goal to have, especially because like it hits so close to home for you. So I think like that's just going to be like such a motivation for you to go in there and kind of change things and see like, okay, this is a problem. Like, yes, y'all allowed me to do this. And I was the first woman. So I'm so thankful and fortunate for this, but like there were issues when I was going through it that I want to fix it for the people behind you. And I think that's really awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks. So how do you like, um, coaching sailing, the sailing team? Oh yeah. So I'm a coach now. Um, I, I love it. I was either going to work on, I have my hundred ton captain's license. Um, and I've been watching a lot of below deck lately. So (laughs) I was thinking, oh yeah, I'll work on a, you know, a mega yacht for a little bit. Um, but then they saw this sailing mom, she reached out to me. We had a meeting and, uh, they were building a program for their high school here. And, uh, um, so I took the job as their coach. I'm, um, I'm a private coach and then I'm also this uh, high school coach and let's just say high school boys are crazy. Uh, The (laughs) girls are a little bit more mature, but um, no, it's been incredible to watch the sport from a different angle. I, I didn't do a lot of coaching before. um, So it's giving me a lot of ideas about my own training and um, you know, when they're motivated and you see them like loving the sport and working so hard in it, it's so cool to watch. Yeah, we have a a regatta this weekend. So I was just doing some notes earlier to get ready for the venue and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) That's awesome. Kudos to you because I I do trampoline gymnastics and I cannot for the life of me coach. I just like, no, I just, I just can't do it. Like something, something about maybe like it's my mental aspect of it that I just need to do like as an athlete trampoline I cannot coach people I can't even tell them what they're doing wrong I'm like well it doesn't like I I wouldn't even know what to say because I'm like yeah it doesn't look good but like I don't know why like I do know but like it's just so hard to I don't know I guess like reiterate that in a in a coaching aspect more so than athlete I don't know yeah. Nicole, have you ever wanted to coach? Like, had have you ever thought about it? Nope. No. Nikki, did no. you ever think about coaching or like that was the first time was that mom reaching out and you're like, hmm, let me try it. Uh, I did a, a little bit of coaching before and I told my husband, he's um, a full-time coach now. He went, he trained for Rio and for Tokyo in sailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's on the Austrian sailing team. Um, mm-hmm. And so now... Um, yeah, he, he's coaching all the time, but I told him I, there's no way I'm going to be a coach. And, uh, and actually I think after this year, you know, unless I have to, um, and I love my team, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I'm, I definitely want to be an athlete more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for Paris and everything too, after the baby. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Paris, LA, Australia. Yeah. 
how long uh, is like your like sailing career? As long, I mean, as long as you can get funding. No, um, it's it's as long as your body can keep up with it. Um, I actually was trying out a partner who's forty two. Um, but he's one of the strongest sailors out there. Um, there's also a gold medalist from Argentina who he had um, he had a liver cancer or a lung cancer and he had a, a part of his lung taken out. And the next year, I think he won the games or it was the it was like three years or something. Um, and he was he's 65 now and he's still competing. <laughs> So, but he's also like, you look at him, he doesn't look 65. You look at the 42 year old, like they're ripped. They're very, very strong athletic people. So that's crazy. Well, that's great. So you've got a lot of Olympics that you're looking forward to. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so interesting. I'm like now so intrigued and I can't wait to like keep up and everything and good luck this weekend for all your kids. Tell them that, uh, you know, we're rooting for them, but we like to end the podcast with our mantras and what we like to live by. And mine is have courage and be kind and Nicole and mine's uh, she believes she could. So she did. And so do you have a mantra that you live by that helps you with like, your, you know, going for gold? Yep. So, uh, something my coach and I used to always say is don't forget to smile. And, um, you know, you approach the dock the same way, if you won a race or you lost a race, either you um, you won a race, which is great, or you learned a lesson. So either way, there's something to smile about. So don't forget to smile. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really that's really awesome. Well, yeah, Nikki, this has been so cool. And good luck to everything with the baby coming up and all of your future Olympics and find a new partner. So I guess if anybody knows, a, you know, a tall guy who knows how to sail, call Nikki. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. And it's been a truly honor uh, to be on this podcast with you guys. And, um, you know, you're making a difference. Um especially with women athletes. So that's uh, really cool. And thank you. Keep it up and I'll uh, continue listening. Thank you. Awesome. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the 3G podcast.